Welcome to the Heroic Minds Podcast, where we uncover the heroic stories of individuals battling through adversity and rising to the top of professional sport, business, and life. Uncovering the characteristics, the secrets, the tactics to become the hero of your own story. Because it is adversity that maximizes human potential. Welcome back to the Heroic Minds Podcast. On today's episode, we have Drew Butterworth. Drew was actually the original Uber driver and also realized the power of customer experience when bagging groceries as a kid. So that's the business we're going to get to at the end of this episode. But before we get there, we talk about the real stuff, real life stuff. We talk about death. We talk about masculinity. We talk about relationships. And then finally, we get to the business. Drew Butterworth is an entrepreneur and creator of Good Vibes Juice Company. He lost his grandmother, his father, and dog in grade nine within the span of three months. That's where we start things off. Drew makes some powerful points in this episode. And two of my favorites were the process and his reasoning for accepting his stepfather into the family and how it doesn't matter what business you run as an entrepreneur, as long as the reason for the business is to feed your passion. I even asked Drew the magical question of why. Why cold-pressed juice versus regular juice? And his answer knocks my socks off. And the last thing we talk about is the saying, some things happen for a reason. And I asked Drew, with what happened to your father at such a young age, what do you think about that, that saying? And again, his answer is pretty impressive. So before we get to the episode, remember to check out my good friends at True Local, truelocal.ca, T-R-U-L-O-C-A-L.ca, high quality meat, individually packaged, shipped in a box right to your doorstep. You go on their website, you pick exactly what you want, you start it, you cancel a subscription whenever you want, no extra fees, no hassle, nothing. Their customer service is incredible. Their products are incredible. Their website is even incredible. Check them out, truelocal.ca, so that you can consume that high-quality meat without the trip to the grocery store. So check them out, truelocal.ca. And if you want to give them a try, use my discount code HEROICMINDS25, all capital letters, to get $25 off a regular size box and $10 off a personal size box. Alrighty, here we go. So we're sitting here drinking some good vibes. I guess the first thing, way before Good Vibes even existed, a conversation we've only had once on the podcast is the loss of of someone. We've only had that conversation once with Scarlett Lewis, who lost her son in the Sandy Hook shooting. I think the difference in this conversation is, one, it's two guys talking about this, and mm-hmm. the other thing is it's a different relationship. And I wondered if you could take us back to that experience, the initial emotions. Yeah. Um, so... I lost my dad when I was in grade nine and it was the camp. My dad had cancer. So it was something we found out, I'm going to say when I was like kind of getting towards the end of grade seven. So, you know, it's not like you get cancer and then you die the next day. Um, You know, obviously depending on what stage you're at and all these variables, you know, will dictate, you know, A, if you can kind of persevere and get through it or B, if your diagnosis is like less favorable and it's more terminal in nature, then like how much time do you have left? So for me, a lot of the grieving process was done while my dad was still alive, which is uh, 
really hard and confusing when you're when you're younger when you have your parents saying to you you know you do realize that your dad is going to die and you're in your head your dad's like invincible strongest man biggest strongest man in the world like you know what i mean like nothing could ever do that so it's it's confusing for a little boy to like think about that and and I never really believed it, to be honest. I don't think. I was just thought, you know, no matter what, he was going to find a way to, to beat it. And, um, you know, so it was confusing. And then when it actually happened and he does pass away, because it does start to become more real, obviously, towards the, the latter, you know, stages of their life, you can tell that, you know, my dad's in bad shape. He's 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 not going to make it. You know, you can you see him losing weight and getting thinner. And, you know, that's really hard. So you really do a lot of the grieving while he's alive. And then when he passes after that, you see him go from, you know, being in a rough state and hardly recognizable to what you used to know. Um, you're kind of relieved. It sounds like it sounds bad to say that, but you're relieved for them. You've done a lot of the mourning already. And now you're just kind of happy that like the suffering for that person or the pain that they're enduring um, is over. It even, even just thinking about it makes me feel, and I don't even know the emotion, but it's strong. Like the fact that, as you said, this masculine assumption of a father that can handle anything is the biggest, the strongest. How has it changed your view now on, on the, sometimes those people may not be okay. And I, I've never seen knock on wood, my dad in that position, but to think about it is puts me in a bit of a tough tough spot emotionally mm -hmm. I guess what has that made you think about that relationship or men or whatever I mean it's yeah it's yeah I th I think I've just learned a lot about you know trying to cherish the people in your life while they're here you know I try to make sure my mom knows how much I care about her and uh, my mom actually had breast cancer too so we had to kind of go through another you know in like a round of like kind of scare uh you know uncertainty there and she was just like really strong I was like no matter what like i'm not ready to to go and leave the, like i've got two other brothers so she didn't you know she was like i've got no choice like i want to be there for you guys or whatever and uh so i think for me it was more just you know trying to cherish the people in my life that are here you know try to be a better person for them because you know your time is finite so i think it just you know kind of changed my perspective of like making sure the people in my life know how I feel about them. Um, it's hard day to day, obviously, you know, everybody mm -hmm. has bad days and stuff like this, but, um, but yeah, I think it just made me really try to cherish more of like every day with the people that I have. And, um, and then, yeah, you realize, you know, everybody at some point will pass away and it's kind of part of life. So some ways it hardens you a, l a little bit, you know what I mean? You've got friends that have never lost anybody. And then, you know, somebody that's lost more people, they might be a little, I don't know if hardened is the right word or realistic or however you want to phrase it. But, you know, I feel in some ways that experience equipped me to, to deal with the hardships of life uh, a bit better. Has it changed the way you think of your relationship with, with other people? Has it changed? Um not 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 too much to be honest like i never have been too worried about getting too close to somebody in fear of losing them and getting hurt i don't i don't think that actually impacted me in that way i think that it was again probably more just you know 
trying to appreciate the people you know that are really there for you and that care about you and that you care about so much and making sure that they know it um you know i like to say you give people the flowers while they can still smell them type things so, all right yeah. well that's good i've never heard that yeah it's kanye west but <laughs> okay okay <laughs> it's a good one yeah and when that so now in grade you're in grade nine and you have this huge change mm-hmm. what were there some dark times where was that experience like right out of the gates what were you mm-hmm. feeling and did things start to slip how did how did life go um, I just, I was, I was lucky, you know, with my mom and my, my grandparents that are, were still part of my life. And, you know, my brothers, my family, they just, we all kind of rallied around each other. And, you know, it was a hard time. We lost our dog a week later to the day that my dad passed. My grandma had passed two, uh, three months, three months prior. So it was like a rough three months, like really, really rough. Um, you know, my mom is so strong, so it's really, like, I've got a lot of respect for her to raise, you know, the three boys. And, uh, yeah, just we kind of rallied around our uh, as a family and kind of uh, stayed close and together. And everybody kind of took time off school and work and just supported each other. And then when we all f- kind of felt that, you know, it was time to kind of, you know, you got to keep going, keep moving on. It was, uh, we were all kind of ready and... I think for the most part, like, because, like I said, you do do with that sort of illness and that time frame, a lot of the grieving is done while the person's still alive, which is, you know, it's it's weird in a lot of ways, but very normal, too. Um, mm-hmm. So it was just, it was about, you know, kind of just feeling at peace with everything. And, you know, you miss your dad, you never get that back. But I know he's still here in a lot of ways. So mm-hmm. And during that process it's come up on the podcast a couple times and we haven't really dove into it the idea of of wanting to help someone that at points you aren't able to and I actually had this in a a listener an email discussion and it was pretty powerful that what can how it can affect you when someone's struggling or suffering whether it be cancer or something where you can't totally do anything there's you're kind of Except be there, except sit there, right? I, I wondered what that feeling was like, especially if if you can remember back in grade nine. Yeah, I, yeah, you, I think you got it right. Like it, you feel very handcuffed. You feel like you don't really have much ability to impact things. Um, but at the same time, like my dad didn't really want that much help. You know, he was like he kind of he never like he never really showed. He did for sure his best I would never show like any weakness he always kept his sense of humor like a night I'll never forget was the night he actually passed all my family it was a Sunday night I believe it was Sunday um and we all our family was at my house which they would tend to come over on Sunday and see my dad and I could tell my dad got like a burst of energy and he called everybody into the room and we got him a beer and we all cheers and and you could just feel it in the house. There was a way different energy than anything I'd ever felt. And all my family was there. And you could tell he had like a burst of energy. And he knew that his time was up. And he wanted to like kind of officially say goodbye to everybody. And then he, he passed away in his sleep that night. So, you know, he wasn't really one to, you know, look for help or ask for things. He kind of, you know, was strong in that sense and just kind of carried carried on as best as he could as if nothing was really different but um but yeah you did feel you know the only way you could really help was just take advantage of the time that you did have as, mm-hmm. as best you could 
And did that experience change? Do you think looking back, it changed your trajectory in life or goals? Uh, and even, I mean, not even to where you are today, but initially did it, did it, yeah, throw you onto a different path? Or? Um, I wouldn't say too much. I knew that I had, I had witnessed other people lose like a parent parental figure when they were younger. And it kind of seemed like they almost used that as an excuse to kind of go off the rails for a little bit. Like, like, you know, maybe they started to get a bit more into trouble and, and you know what I mean? Like maybe not make good choice. Like seemed like they almost had a bit of a more reckless nature after that happened. Like they stopped caring a little bit and like my dad would kick my butt, you know what I mean? If, if I like kind of went down that road. So I just really want to kind of carry on as if, you know, the lessons that he taught me would stay with me and they always will. Um, and, and then I became more, you know, educated a little bit on cancer and some of the cancer variables. And, and that was, you know, one thing that was important to me was, you know, I like to have fun for sure. And I don't, you know, claim to be like uh, a perfect, you know, health nut or however you want to put it. But, um, you know, I recognize that there's some variables in the cancer equation that you can control, mainly exercise and nutrition, and there's some that you can't, like your genes. So I wanted to kind of control the ones that I could. So that was like a good lesson for me from that. And a lot of people I know try to make sense of these situations. It makes me ask the question, when, when that unfair situation occurs at such a young age, did it change your belief system of... of I feel like even if people don't talk openly about it, they believe something. And do you have a belief of a higher power? Has it changed your belief of, of what this whole place is? Um, I don't know if it, I, mean, I definitely believe in a higher power for sure. Um, like, I, I don't know exactly, you know, what that is or how it works. And I believe like, you know, all the religions touch on it and there's a lot of common threads there. And I think they're all, in a lot of ways saying a lot of the same things just with different language and you know I, I would agree with like a lot of a lot of it for sure um so i just yeah no i, I don't i don't think it changed too much i mean yeah maybe a question like oh why why us why does it happen but you know unfortunately things happen to everybody and sooner or later we all have to go through hardship and turmoil and um so it's just you know, it's just part of life at the end of the day. And it's not what necessarily what happens to you, but it's like the attitude that you, that you approach that with. And if you can approach it with trying to find the good and trying to learn and grow and improve, then, you know, those hardships are going to be there, but you, you work through them with time. Wow. You seem so um, rationally, you know, approaching this whole topic it's it's pretty impressive i had a good sleep last night <laughs> <laughs> from there you has was there ever a uh, a thought that you needed to fill the void of of what was because that's what when i when i think about loss it's there's something missing and mm -hmm. whether it's for me sport being you know kind of not part of your life it can be a person and and mm -hmm. they function in similar ways when we lose something or in our lives, I wonder if there was ever a need to fill a void of, of that person or the emotions that came from that person. Yeah, I think there definitely is. And like, that's, you know, like you, like I still think about my dad all the time and like, you know, you'll get sad and 
I'll have dreams sometimes where like I'll be hanging out with my dad overnight and like I wake up and it's like I don't know whether like cry because I miss him or like be happy that I spent the night with him. Like it's kind of surreal. Um, but my older brother really stepped up big time and uh, he was, yeah, he was a big help for sure and still is. Like he's like a father figure and then oh, I've got a lot of uncles and stuff but you know, none of them will ever kind of fill my dad's place by any means but for sure a lot of like the you know, other men and, and my mom really, like my mom and my brother were really the ones that I would say stepped up and just, you know, kind of mm-hmm. were, were there for me however I needed them to be. Wow. And that's an interesting point too, that many people think there has to be, and I know you were already in grade nine, but still nine, 10, 11, 12 are big parts in your life where people assume you need this father figure. Was that ever thought in your mind that, oh, I don't have my dad, I, I need a, that masculine if that's even the word that guidance Mm -hmm. was that ever opinion like it sounds like you had your brother there but yeah no not not really Mm -hmm. and like my brother and my mom were were definitely you know enough to to you know keep me on the straight and narrow and you know be there for me however I needed um so you know obviously like it's a you know, it's a loss that you're never really going to fill that hole or even really try to fill that hole. It's just, you know, that that part of your life has evolved and changed. And yeah, my, my older brother, he's very, very smart, very calm, like just a, a great person. And yeah, my mom's a rock. So they were, mm-hmm. they were able to kind of, you know, not fill the hole, but like, you know, help me kind of work around it for sure. And I, the only reason I ask is we've had other people on the podcast that didn't have their father as much in in their life and people think oh you know i i uh i can't they think or they make an assumption that they need that father figure to have the traits of of a man and know how to treat women etc etc and i just find to me that and i could you know what i could be wrong and maybe there's someone listening saying that knows the behavior side a little more Mm -hmm. i find it kind of an excuse like that you felt the need or you, you think you needed that right. when a woman and siblings and working as a family can still, you can still you know, gather those traits and in other experiences in your life. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, yeah. So I thought that's an interesting, interesting topic because who's to yeah. say you can't learn that from, you know, a, a rock of a, of a mother, like a, a, you know, a great woman. For sure. Thing. For sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I kind of look at like, like masculine and feminine is just like a big spectrum, right? Like even, even within my mom, like she might possess certain characteristics that to me would like resonate as more like masculine in nature. So you can still like glean those things from, from different, uh, you know, from different people of different genders, I guess. Totally. Um, so, so yeah, no, it's, she's, she's a very impressive lady for sure. And, cool. you know, she got remarried and I have a stepfather too. And, and Wendell, my stepdad, he's been a positive influence on me in a lot of ways too and uh so there would be some you know some learnings there as well yeah and so i guess that's a, a an avenue we could go down i i've never been there but i know there are people that have relationships they're a part of that they have to work towards building and i don't know what the mm-hmm. situation what that relationship's like for you what i guess yeah. has the learning experience been where you have to welcome someone new into your life yeah Right, that whole thing. I don't even know what question to ask, but yeah. I think diving into that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I, I was very, like, I would say when I first found out 
or my mom first said, you know, she was going to start, you know, seeing new people. Um, I think only once, like very first time that it happened, I felt like really unsure how I felt about the whole thing. But I was pretty young at the time. Like I was like grade, uh, I think it was grade like 12 by the time my mom was ready to kind of like, you know, a few took her a few years to, to kind of build up that courage to kind of you know move on per se um and yeah the greater the gate it was kind of a weird feeling for me but i will say i was very very supportive very quickly and like i wanted her to be happy you know i went like she's done so much for me i wanted her to find another person and like selfishly it's like well you know i won't be able to go visit you all the time when you're older like you need your person to like kick it with and and like enjoy life experiences with you know like your kids aren't always going to be around to do that unfortunately mm-hmm. so so no i was actually i am proud of that that i was pretty supportive very very early and i wanted you know just wanted her to be happy and if that meant you know finding a new person and like starting a kind of a new life per se then yeah i was i was totally cool with it that speaks a lot to your uh, openness and awareness i guess of the situation too because i know I've heard stories of other people that are upset and this isn't good. And it's like, well, if you're not there all the time, like you yeah, said, exactly. it re- as much as it may cause you a little bit of frustration out of the gates, that's making that person you care about more than anything that much happier. Yeah. And exactly. I think that's, you got to put their happiness ahead of any awkwardness that you might have. You know, you'll get over that. You know what I mean? That awkwardness mm-hmm. will go away. So, you know, you got to look out for them and you know, it's kind of like returning the favor for how much, you know, your mom does for you. It's like, this is the least I could do for you, you know? It, from the sounds of it, it's the the community side of things was, I feel like a big part of your story is that you had, your, fam- your family was close, you were close with your grandparents and, mm-hmm. and the value of that, but I think that people might be saying, yeah, that's obvious to have people around you. But I also think it's the quality of those relationships and like you keep coming back to is that letting people know how you feel while you're here and, and being honest with them and, and open with them that way, there, if anything happens, it's we know each other inside and out and we have these incredible relationships. So it's almost when we talk about on this podcast being almost preparing to be resilient, preparing your toolbox. And, and as we heard not too many episodes ago, actually knowing how to use the tools in your toolbox. And I think, you know, coming full circle, you have those open those relationships. You're honest. You're working at them. You may not. That's you know, you may not get much out of it at that moment. I'm mm-hmm. sure you will that you might not notice consciously but it's it's for when things aren't aren't going well now i can rely on those relationships now i can circle back and grow and utilize that close relationship i have with my mother or my brother and i think that's an empowering thing to know and it doesn't even have to be family right that's no for sure like i've got an array of friends that i've had for a very very long time like most of my close knit friends i've known from like junior kindergarten and like my one buddy Joe, we were born in the same hospital room together, and so I've literally like known some of my friends from birth, and yeah, it's pretty cool. Like we've, I obviously you collect new friends along the way, and I've got you know lots of other ones, and my business partner Lloyd, I've known since grade four, so it's uh, yeah, I've definitely you know relied on a lot of my friends, and your friends are good too, and like that maybe comes in with like getting your mind off of things, and you know taking out for some fun, and you know putting a bit more humor. In it humor into your life so right. yeah like friend for, definitely don't want to discount like the friend aspect of of uh helping you through you know any challenges 
we've dug out the, the power of these incredible relationships you have with people that has given you, I think, or helped you to maintain this zest for life. Now on the business side of things, this good vibes juice, you know, we can talk about the juice all day, but I think the branding is pretty interesting to me and mm-hmm. wondered where that idea came from and when you, and why you wanted to jump into this market that is kind of, it's competitive one and mm-hmm. risky. And like, when did that idea originate? So, I mean, the, the, like a catalyst for it would for sure be like losing my dad to cancer and understanding, you know, that I, like that put me on a health trajectory not that I wasn't like health conscious before, but I think it kind of reaffirmed that I wanted to, you know, take more control of my diet and my nutrition. And I've always been very like into sports, like in grade eight, got athlete of the year and, mm-hmm. you know, prided myself on sports. And I blew both my knees out in grade nine as well. Wow. And I had to have surgery on them. So I kind of went from like in public school, all I really like, sure, I wanted to do well in terms of like grades. But I didn't really care that much. I was like mm. smart enough. I could kind of get by by like half-assing it a bit. And like I wanted to focus more on sports and have fun. Yeah. So I would, uh, I had a bit of an identity crisis in that sense where I, you know, oh, yeah. went from being all about sports to like now I can't really do that much. Along with starting to work out more, you know, it's just a matter of time if you're taking your health serious that you start looking at your diet because you understand how well exercise and nutrition they go hand in hand Mm -hmm. so i got into smoothies a lot in university and post-university and then started juicing on like a personal level and i'd always wanted to pursue my own business like i'd always at a young age like i used to sell like you know candy at the park to make a few extra bucks and i uh i did all kinds of funny stuff in university (laughs) like i was like the original uber like driving people to the airport like not actually Uber, but like I put up posters around uh, Dalhousie. I went to school in Halifax and I put posters up around the campus, called it Student Airport Taxi Service. And oh I, would, yeah, I would drive people to the airport because in Halifax, the airport's like quite a piece out of town. So I would drive people to the airport for like 30 bucks or whatever it was. And uh, I remember my first time, it was actually like a, a like a, a couple that was staying at a hotel downtown that was just visiting the campus. So they called me, I went and picked them up. <laughs> I actually took a wrong turn to the airport and they almost missed their flight. <laughs> so how did that and, business uh, work out? But I mean, I kept driving people to the airport. And so like, I was always had like a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit for sure. And then after university, I worked at Blackberry, which was uh, a great experience. And then I uh, worked there for about six years. And then when they had their downturn, finally got laid off one of the round uh, rounds of layoffs. And then I went to work for a smaller tech firm out of uh, Cambridge called Logisense. And that was a really good experience too, like still really close with the like VP of sales and the CEO. And they, you know, they were giving me lots of opportunity, like kind of grooming me to, to step into maybe like a, uh, you know, chief marketing role mm-hmm. with them, which was really cool. And, um, but ultimately, you know, I was kind of working more for money than like out of passion. And were there any before, were there any other startups you you had or tried? I, I find that intriguing because yeah. I mean, what led me to this podcast? I don't. We don't even have time to talk about it all. But I wondered if you had any other things that to, it's cool to see the stepping stones because mm-hmm. we see entrepreneurs that are doing these cool things. Like you look at your website and you're like, oh my god, this thing's beautiful. But yeah. no one sees the 
the stepping stones to get there? I mean, you had the car service. Were there any other? So that's a great point. So my, my business partner, Lloyd, he's a phenomenal artist, a graphic designer. And we had always talked about doing a business together. We talked about, you know, we'd brainstorm ideas. We, at one point, we're looking at doing something along the lines of like an energy drink. So we think it's kind of funny how like, you know, fast forward, we did create an energy drink of sorts, but like a mm. natural healthy one versus like, you know, something more along the lines of like a Red Bull. Yeah. Um, so uh, I never really had put the wheels in motion to, to um, or had never gone too far, like more brainstormed ideas, but never really felt like this was the right idea. This is the one that, you know, I'm, I'm set on and want to move forward with. Um, so, so no, not, not really like, yeah, brainstormed ideas and was always like thinking of stuff and like working on little ideas, but, uh, never really like tried to get anything like up and running and like off the ground per se. And did you ever have the, uh, have that with this even? Cause I know there are some people that are trying so many different ideas that they're, they don't even, they don't know the market well enough. I mean, there's obviously you can run tests and, mm-hmm. but you're still going in with a little bit of blind optimism on it. And yeah, and that's all part of entrepreneurship. I wondered if you, if there was a point where that kicked in for, I mean, I guess this is fast forwarding a bit, but did you have that with, with good vibes? Um, I mean, so like juicing at home was like good cause it opened up my eyes to other juice companies and other markets so i saw cold press juice as like a growing trend and something that i really liked and i didn't see anybody that was doing it in kitchener waterloo and i thought you know there was you know if this can work in other markets you know like toronto and obviously it's really big and like vancouver and la and you know a lot of other big city centers um you know i like to think this area is like pretty forward thinking and that you know that a product like this that offers two to three pounds of produce in one bottle um, would would be something that people here would would see the value in. Um, so you know, I didn't. Yeah, you're. I mean, you never know when you start a business what you're going to do and how it's going to work. Um, and looking back on it, like the first year, like we're only three and a half years old, so I don't want to like speak like we've made it. Really. <laughs> like that's a grind every day. It's super hard. Um, but like year one or the first six months looking back, like in terms of, you know, we opened up in the face of the LRT construction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had mega challenges related to like building permits and um, like all kinds of different challenges with the building that we were going into. So everything took you know, and like they say, everything takes twice as long and costs twice as much. And for us, it took more than twice as long. So it was like really frustrating for me and challenging. And then you get finally open and the LRT constructions, like more or less shutting down the traffic across KW. So we were like, looking back, I don't know how we made it, but we were like resilient. You know, we went outside of our doors. We, you know, we chased business, you know, we, recognize that if people can't come to us we got to go to them so making sure like deliveries and distribution and all these kind of pieces were we're gonna kind of be put together to help us get to where we were so it was yeah i was looking back i'm like oh my god like i don't know what we were thinking and when i see good vibes and i see the logo what is it you want me to think you can answer that first and then how did you get to that cool yeah so um terms of the name good vibes um like 
obviously it indicates, you know, being a, uh, a force for the power of positivity. So actually, we just kind of like touched on this on some of our social recently. But, you know, I think some people think, oh, if you have got good vibes, you're just kind of oblivious. So you're not really it's not like about that. It's about, you know, finding the good in any bad situation, you know, having that positive attitude that will allow you to kind of, you know, celebrate the good times and kind of persevere for the, through the rougher times, you know, so kind of more or less like a positive attitude. And it's just like a nice saying um in terms of the logo itself that's based on an ancient symbol known as the flower of life and uh it's a symbol that's like kind of near and dear to my heart um it's it it's a very in-depth symbol that you can kind of look and read a lot into but ultimately i liked it because of uh themes of energy uh oneness with all and and ultimately balance and and that's kind of what we promote a balanced life so we're not saying you know give up that beer with your friends after work on Friday or anything like that. Um, you know, it's obviously that can provide a lot of gratification and, you know, a lot of benefits into your life too. in, in a lot of ways, but you know, if you're balancing the less healthy aspects of your life with healthier ones, then hopefully over time you're going to grow more balanced and, and yeah, so it's about an opportunity to, to kind of just live a more balanced life. Um, the fact that you've got two to three pounds of produce in one bottle if you're kind of busy and on the go, then it's a great way to ensure your diet's kind of where it needs to be. And hopefully it's going to save you time and energy so you can reinvest that spending with family and friends and, and kind of, you know, uh, furthering your the good aspects of your life. Cool. And that relationship building, which you've obviously done an awesome job of. Uh, Thank on you. The, yeah. On the delivery side of things, I, I find it cool that someone in your shoes that, was obviously successful in their jobs and was working at BlackBerry, which we know is a huge company. And then you moved mm-hmm. to a tech firm and they're building you up to be a lead role. And, and then here you are today building a company and obviously still on the, the leadership side, but you're also willing to go door to door and deliver these juices. And I wondered how that's checked your ego and then also the experiences that have come with it. Yeah, I mean, any given day I'm washing bottles, I'm delivering, I'm you know, stocking shelves, cleaning, like anything it takes, I'll do. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. And I think that's, you know, a good lesson for anybody. Like you don't necessarily ever know anybody's story, what's brought them to that moment and what they're doing. And um, it's, it's good. Like, I think it's a really good thing to know that you're willing to do like whatever it takes. Um, Delivering is great too, because you get to meet your customer. It's, it's a great, face-to-face interaction you know and you can't as much as we want to have a delivery person to like take some of the load off of our plates um you know it's it's extremely critical role because they're interfacing with people they're the face of the company for that interaction so you know we take that very serious that when you drop stuff off at somebody's house or business that you're the face of the business at that point and the experience that you have just delivering product even if it's a 30 second interaction with that customer, you can leave an impression that will stay with them and they'll say, wow, you know, I want to order again from Good Vibes. Like that mm-hmm. was a good experience. I enjoyed the juice. You know, you give them, you know, we kind of call it like the white glove experience. So we always want to be known for uh, customer service and like that can be at any point of interaction with the customer, whether it's online, whether it's delivery or in store. Cool. I like that. And I can, I'm sure everyone can think of a time where 
they were treated so well or someone was so nice or whatever yeah. that it made the product taste better. They wanted to go back, not even for the product, but just to see that person again or have that experience again. For sure, for sure. And, and like when I was younger, I used to work in a grocery store and the parking lot was so small that they didn't allow shopping carts to go out of the store because they would inevitably like ram into people's carts because <laughs> there was like no space for like the little cart shelters. Um, so we carried out groceries for all the customers that would come in that couldn't carry them out on their own. And like that was my first real interaction with customer experience and what it meant to give a good customer experience. And people would come back just because like we weren't the cheapest grocery store in town. We didn't have necessarily great parking, but people would come back because they knew that they would get this really good experience of somebody carrying it out. And if, if you were a good, you know, at, you know, carrying the groceries out and putting them and packing them with care. And the customer would often, you know, give you a tip. So there's financial incentive to doing a good job to, to being, you know, really good at customer service. So yeah, I think customer service is like kind of a dying art. And I think that it's extremely critical for small businesses because it's, we tell our employees, it's always something that you can control every time with the customer. You know, they might walk out the door and decide they didn't like the juice that they got because the flavor or the taste or, you know, any array of things. But you can still control that experience that the customer has every time. And like we can't accept anything but a good customer experience there because that's totally within our control. Mm -hmm. And so off, off of that side, you're obviously hammering the social side that like, can even the experience. I just we just went into the shop and picked up some juices before we came here. And that was an, a phenomenal experience. And. And ended up tasting incredible, like I guessed. And not as sweet as I thought it was going to be, which I love. Yeah. But it's just sweet enough. Yeah. Perfect. Um, so when, because you are in a market where this is a higher echelon product, and I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here, and I have my reasons for buying juice like this, mm -hmm. which I do. Um, what would you say to people that kind of, you'd said on the way here when we were driving here, you know, there's people that'll reach out and say, hey, you're selling snake oil and all this stuff. Yep. What is your response to people like that? Because to some people, it, it may be out of their market, right? And that's just the nature of business. Yeah. Um, but what is your answer to people like that? Um, and so, you can think about it. Yeah. We can, I can edit. No, 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 it's all good. <laughs> I think that uh, for me, really, it's it, it comes down to what's in what's in the product. And if you buy a cold press juice from us, you know you're getting two to three pounds of produce in one bottle. You're getting it from a cold press technique, which is a technique that limits heat and thrashing so you don't cook out nutrients. So you're trying to keep it very raw. And then on top of that, it's an unpasteurized product. So we don't treat it with any preservatives or any additives. So next to the raw fruits and vegetables, it's like the healthiest thing that you can, you can get. So um, I understand when people are like, oh, it's, you know, much more expensive than the juice I'm going to get from the grocery store. But if you take a look at the back of our bottle and you read the ingredients, you see nothing but fresh fruits and vegetables. And you know you've got, you know, like I said, two to three pounds of produce in there. And if you go to the grocery store and buy, you know, some large manufactured juice, you know, often the main ingredients are sugar and water. And those are both essentially free. So if you look at the margins <laughs> on a product like that versus the margins that we make, I would argue ours is much better value for, for the money that you're spending. And if you're, if you're really serious about, you know, your health and what you're putting in your body and the average consumer is definitely starting to, to really care about them themselves, um, it's a great convenient option to get all that produce into your body. So 
I think at the end of the day, we, we sell convenience because it's a convenient way and a delicious way to get two to three pounds of produce into your diet very quickly. And, you know, for a lot of people, they definitely see the value in that. And anybody that's ever juiced and has tried juicing at home, that's our easiest sale because they know how much produce, the time, the cleanup, you know, they, they're very happy to come in and spend their money and get the juice pre-made for them. So you win, you win. <laughs> yeah. no, I, that's, that's phenomenal. And hey, it's, it makes sense and it's powerful. And, and with that customer experience as well, mm-hmm. it's, I think it's awesome. Yeah. And we, we do have other products too, like kombucha. Uh, which is a fermented tea. So that's like a probiotic that's going to help support the good bacteria in your gut. Um, and those products do come in at a, at a lower price point as well. So it's not like all the products are, you know, seven, eight, nine, or ten dollars. Um, you know, we do have some really nice craft kombuchas that we make um, that are, uh, we, we do ours more on the sour side than sweet. So again, trying to get the sugars lower and uh, the probiotics higher, flavoring with our cold pressed juice. And that's a product that I enjoy every day as well. And you know, those retail for, uh, you can get a, a to-go cup because we do it on tap for about four bucks. So pretty, pretty reasonable mm-hmm. for sure. And we even fill up growlers for people that want to bring their own bottle in and, you know, be very mindful of the environment in that way. They can bring their own jug from home. We'll fill it up. Um, so, you know, there is definitely some products on our, on our, on our menu that, you know, are, you know, perceived as being higher price point, but there's also ones that are lower too. And, um, and on top of it, we reuse the glass bottles that the juice comes in too. So we've reused, last time I checked, which was quite a while ago now, was in around 50,000 bottles. Like it's always a bit of an estimate because mm-hmm. we don't necessarily see or log all the bottles that we get back. But, uh, you know, at this point, well over 50,000 bottles we've reused since we've uh, wow, opened. So that's we're pretty, cool. pretty proud about that too. And I love that the kombucha's lower sugar because I, mm-hmm. I used to drink the, I forget the, the ones that you see everywhere in all the grocery stores. And it's like drinking a half, it's like drinking Pop, a Coke. Actually, yeah. 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 And so that's what I loved about good vibes when I first had the kombucha was that the sugar's a little lower. So I'm, yeah. I'm a big fan of that. Something that people don't want to talk about entrepreneurs, especially is, is have you ever thought of, let's say one day this doesn't work. Yeah. What is, how do you, how do you cope with that? And I'm actually curious myself because, you know, I don't know where this podcast is going to go. And it's, so it's a little bit of a selfish question, but how do you deal with that from a day to day? What if this doesn't work? What's my backup plan? Do you have one? I mean, I'm always kind of working on stuff per se, you know what I mean? Like in the background, um, I've got some ideas for like other ventures that, you know, I'd like to pursue. We've also got ideas for new product lines that we'd like to introduce for good vibes that would kind of radically transform the way we do business and take us from more of like a local, uh, you know, kind of KW or Southwest Ontario business to a business that has potential to reach across Canada. So I'm really excited for that. But if those don't work out, um, you know, I think I'll take kind of solace in the fact that, you know, I promoted a very important symbol to me, the flower of life. I think if more people understood that and kind of how it infers, you know, we're, we're way more alike than we are different in terms of like humanity. So if we could, you know, learn to focus on the ways that we're the same, we might look at each other a bit different and we might be, you know, a better place. So I think if more people understood that, that would be very positive. So if, you know, at the end of the day, if like, I don't want to say necessarily my life's work is just promoting that symbol, but I could, I think I could be kind of cool at that too. See, that's, that's awesome in regards to, and it came up on the last episode, was this blind optimism. If you're, 
we a lot of people that get through something they have something to, to hold on to like you talked about your mother um, she said I'm not going anywhere because I need to stay here for you mm-hmm. not saying that helps I'm not saying that you know, medically helps everyone survive disease or illness whatever but it is a constant occurrence in a lot of people's stories to help them through something and maybe it's only on the emotional level to have something and I wonder if even as a, a business person or an entrepreneur you can you can cope with that little bit of anxiety of what if this doesn't work and where's the backup plan with it's it's run on passion like I regardless if it's whether it's through kombucha cold pressed juice maybe it's that energy drink whatever mm-hmm. um, if it's if it's always coming back to what you care about and what you're passionate about I think okay, let's go to the next project as yeah. long as it's revolving around what I care about and what I'm trying to push out into the world kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I would agree totally. And um, like, I think things do happen for a reason too. So, you know, if, if we had to make a big change or something to work out one day, then, you know, it would probably be for a good reason. So mm-hmm. it's, I think it's good to be open. Like uh, Lloyd and I have always kind of said, you know, we're kind of open to going you know, where the business kind of takes us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really good approach to have. It's yeah. not, you know, it's not like we have all the answers we know we're always going to stick to our guns. Like, it's good to have, like, your, you know, your instincts and, you know, you know, kind of pursue them. But, uh, you know, we're open to kind of going with the times and moving and changing and adapting. And and so I think that's, I think that's really good, too. And even, like, when we first, a great point, like, we didn't even have kombucha as a product when we first launched as a business like it was in development behind the scenes and it was in development because um like it was a newer product to me and the reason i got interested in it was because it's a probiotic helps with the intestinal tract and my dad had colon cancer so i was type of cancer he said so i'm thinking home oh, if i introduce this health product into my regimen you know maybe it will help and on my last colonoscopy i had no pulps before kombucha i had pulps so like i don't know if that was it i'm not trying to say you know kombucha did that but i like to believe it probably had a positive impact on that and um and so i think that's a good example of us being kind of open to adapt and change and grow and introduce new things and now kombucha is definitely a big part of our business cool and you you touched on something interesting that when pe- some people like to say things happen for a reason and some people say there's no way and, and often it's people that have been through a, a terrible experience say oh really things happen for a reason like I've been dealt with this mm-hmm. and I wondered how, how you, is it for everything when I when I say that to you you know and you reflect back on, on someone you lost that to me that would be like well, that didn't happen for a reason that was unfair like where do you yeah. draw the line how do you approach that it, it's a great point and I think when I say everything happens for a reason, it's not necessarily what happened. It's, again, kind of your attitude and what you can glean from that. And if you can glean one positive thing from that negative experience or one learning or one you know, personal development, then, then that's kind of how I would use that, that phrase. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not saying like, you know, this person had to die. It's more like, you know, if you're presented with this unfortunate scenario what is one thing you took from that what is the one growth the one positive thing that you could learn from that and you know maybe it's that you learned okay i need to focus on nutrition and exercise to mitigate my risk of cancer it doesn't mean i'll never get it hopefully you never do but um if i've done that part then you know you can kind of live with a a clear conscious saying you know i kind of did did my part and you know 
the chips will fall where they do after that. That brings us to the end of another Heroic Minds podcast. Remember to subscribe, share this podcast episode, and remember to send me an email if you have any comments, ideas, feedback. My email's in the description of this episode. I'm Ben Finelli. This is the Heroic Minds podcast. We'll talk again soon.